Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Just ask God to touch His Word to our heart, and uh, I pray that His Spirit will just anoint my mind. I've asked the Lord sincerely today, as always, to to not let me walk to this sacred desk alone, but let your spirit stand with me today. Amen. Lord, I love you for your word, and in advance, we thank you for the privilege that we have been given uh, just to come together, Lord, with people of like precious faith, of like minds and passions. And so I ask you this morning, Lord, that you would touch our hearts together. Help us, Lord, to be, uh, help us to be woven together in purpose and with intent, and I ask you, Lord, to let the word that is anointed, let it find a resting place in our hearts here today, and help us to be strengthened in Jesus' name, amen. The book of Luke, chapter 4, and verse number 16, if you will find that, go with me there, it is a very powerful, powerful passage of scripture and moment in scripture. The fourth chapter of Luke uh, we find the record of Jesus being uh, led of the Spirit into the wilderness. It was a season of fasting and prayer and consecration and dying out physically and spiritually. And after 40 days, um, the Bible says that the devil began to tempt him. We know there were multiple temptations, and with all of those temptations, Jesus just leaned upon the word and said, but it is written, it is written, it is written. And so powerful, those words that we lean on, the, the word of God, the strength that comes into our lives and upon our lives from the word of God. And then at the very end of this temptation the Bible says in verse 13 I don't have this verse on the scripture but I was just reading over this later after I had concluded this so if you'll just bear with me for a moment the Bible says in verse 13 and when the devil had ended all the temptation note he departed from him for a season in other words the devil says I'm leaving but I'll be back but I'll be back. He departed from him for a season. And then in verse 14, Jesus returned uh, in the power of the Spirit. I like that. He returned. He didn't just show up in Galilee, but he came to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and uh, went out the fame of him throughout all the region and abroad, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And then verse 16, we'll pick up, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for it to read. 
And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse number 20 is a verse that I refer to a lot of times, not just by literally reading it, but... It's a verse that I refer to a lot of times because I want us as a church to have this passage branded in our heart and mind because something very, very significant is taking place. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister or to the ministry and sat down. And there was a a very critical moment in, in the in the timeline of mankind because it is here that Jesus commits the word into the hands of the ministry. And I have often said that, that right now this book is still in the hands of the ministry because we're under the law of grace. But there is coming a day when the dispensation of judgment takes place that the Lord will take from the ministry this book And from this very book, we will be judged. And so right now, this is not my message, but right now, this is the day to move. This is the time to react. This is the time to respond because there will be no time then. In judgment, it will be too late. Amen. It is too late. While, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. While you can look up here and see this preacher holding this book. That's the, good, that's the best news you could have ever heard today. That means there's time. I've got time to do something today. I, I, I'm, I, my life may be off course, but I've got time to fix that because the preacher is still holding the book. But there'll be a day that I'm gonna stand before the Lord, but there won't be a Bible in my hand. Amen. I'm gonna have to account for me. That's what the scripture says. But because of the mandate that's upon my life, The bad news is that I don't just have to account for me, but I gotta give an account for you. Amen. And so I won't be able to say anything in your defense that day. I can only defend you now with the word of God. And so I pray that the spirit of the Lord will just help us. And then if that scripture, if we can just look at that one more time, and he gave it uh, to the minister and sat down, and I just love this steel shot image I intentionally this morning read this passage one more time. And when I read the end of verse number 20, I closed my Bible because I didn't want to read past that. I didn't want anything to interrupt the image that is in my mind because this image is what I want to leave you with today. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Amen. With bated breath, they sat beholding. Today, I want to kind of join hands, if I may, with this past Wednesday night. This past Wednesday night, I spoke about the privilege that we have been given to have a place that we can come for common man to meet with God. I spent some time Wednesday night 
speaking about various places that God has opted to meet with man. Of course, we know the primitive nature, often the primitive nature that we read about in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, about how God met with man. He met with man at an ark, at an altar that Noah built after stepping off the ark. Various other places that God has met with man that had no flash. There was no, uh, you know, there was nothing really there to kind of garner our attention, cause us any reason to pause whatsoever. The Bible talks about a man by the name of Jacob who was asleep using a pillow, a, a rock as a pillow, and in the middle of his sleep, the Lord gave him a dream of angels ascending and descending and and Jacob awakened out of that dream and realized in a moment of time that God was in this place. This was divine. This was not just a, a dream, a, an ordinary dream. This was not just another day, but this has been a divine encounter with man and God. And so he turned the rock over according to Scripture and he anointed it with oil and it became a pillar it became a place, though it was primitive, and as I mentioned Wednesday, it was just an oily rock in a sandy place. It was not a whole lot to anybody else. Maybe many, many other people from that moment passed by without even giving it a second thought. But later in Jacob's life, the Lord spoke to him at a time where Jacob was in fear for his life, and rightfully so, because Esau was not trying to connect with him for a lunch date. Esau wanted his life. And rightly so. And when he realized that, and he realized that he was out of aces, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, Remember Bethel. Go back to Bethel. And so he went back to that place, as primitive as it may be. Yet he understood, I can meet God here. I have found him here in the past. I am sure to find him here again. And so they were varied. There were the primitive altars that were built out of stone or just a little oil on a rock in a desert or maybe the portability of the, the tabernacle, although it is now has a little design, although now it has a, a little bit of flair, but that portable tabernacle, wilderness, uh, wilderness tabernacle that was set up and taken down, set up and taken down, born on the backs of men or the extreme of that as we continue to move forward in the heart of David that said, I just must build a temple for the Lord. I want to have a place that my God can come. I want to have a place that my God could come. We know that David was not allowed to do that because of the blood and the sin and the transgressions of his life. But God did allow David to have a son named Solomon that would indeed come along and fulfill the dreams that were in the heart of his father, David. And so David understood that God is so vast, God is so great, and who are we? What is man that thou art mindful of him? David said that, I believe, from his heart. I don't think this was some false sense of humility. 
I don't think David was trying to write that just from the perspective of a, a psalmist or a songwriter just to have a little bit of flair. But I believe that is the heartfelt snapshot of David. What is man that thou art mindful of him? I would like today to say this, that when we come into the house of the Lord, we've been so privileged, so privileged, and, and I, I will say this, undeserving, to walk into this house today and just to feel the presence of God. Amen. I know that many of you come, uh, maybe your body is not 100% today, or maybe you don't even in many ways feel like being where you are today, not necessarily because it's church, but you just, uh, of what you may be facing. Maybe there were many obstacles and hurdles that you had to cross just to get here. But can I tell you that just for us to be in the presence of the Lord will be the greatest thing that we could ever encounter right now? Amen. I really mean that. I, I, I really mean that. I, I, I'm not angry that you didn't get up and run around the building because I said that. I understand. But do you know that we could dismiss this service right now? And we've all been blessed beyond, at this very moment, we've all been blessed beyond what we really deserve. Amen. Just to feel the presence and the warmth of God, his assurance. Now listen, if you don't think that what I'm saying is true, you just walk a few miles without God's anointing on your life. I've walked a few of those miles. I know how lonely that can feel and and, and, and I'm not trying to, uh, to uh, I'm not trying to act as though I'm, I'm keeping this kind of company, but I think I have at times felt what Job felt, that he couldn't find God before him, behind him, on either side of him. We know God's word said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. We have the assurance of his word, but I'm talking about the fact that God would meet with us and allow us to feel the warmth of his presence. If you haven't felt the presence of God yet, Amen, I don't know, we've been in this thing 29 minutes, we're 29 minutes into this service and if you haven't felt the presence of God this morning up to this point, I would be very, very afraid. I would, there would be a spiritual fear upon me right now. Amen, this is not a preacher trying to guilt trip you today, I'm trying to tell you that Jehovah Jireh is in this house and if you have not connected to that at this moment, Amen, I would be concerned about that. I would be concerned that something is, is in this place and I didn't sense that. I didn't feel that. I just feel this morning that I want to pace myself. I'm not going to preach in the second service. I'm just going to pace myself because I feel like the Lord has dropped something in my heart today and I just want to share it with you this morning. Amen, I, I am privileged to be a part of the church and, and I was just talking about that Wednesday night. I'm not trying to, to rehash Wednesday so much but I want to try to try my best to make a connection to that. The wonderful things that have come our way because of the church this past Friday and Saturday for some of our leaders, we were able to sit and, uh, and for many of them to meet a man for the very first time and, uh, and, and to allow uh, him to break off portions of himself and put in into our hearts and to help us sharpen our sword and hone our skills. And that would not have happened had it not been for the church. Right. I'm talking about the church at large. 
that would not have happened. And I have been humbled so many, many times through the years as I look around and I see the quality of people that God has brought into my life and into the life of, uh, of my wife. And we, we talk about this often in our home, not just publicly, but privately of how grateful we are that God has privileged our lives to intersect with the right people at the right time. And I'm not talking about power grabs. I'm just talking about people that, that were there to mold us and shape us and help us to be who and whatever we are today. And all of that came to us floating in on the wings of the church. If it had not been for the church, amen, I would not know them. I would not know them. And so I'm thankful for the church. But today, amen, I want to be very, very clear. I want to be more specific when we talk about uh, the privilege of the church because I want to stand before you this morning and I want to boldly declare to you that I'm not just thankful for the church in general. I'm not just thankful for a corporate body of believers that, that, uh, that serves as some a mechanical arm to reach within our community, our state, our nation, and around the world. But I want to stand today and tell you that I want to thank God for the apostolic church. Amen. I want to be very specific. I want to... Amen. I, I, I don't want to just thank you, Lord, because there was a place that I could come. And I don't, want to, I don't want to just say thank you, Lord, that our wedding album holds the pictures of us being married in a, in a place of worship. Amen. I'm thankful, Lord, that there was a place of worship. But I'm glad that that wasn't just a church. I thank you, Lord, for the apostolic church of this hour. Amen. I, I want to just pause today and tell you that I'm thankful in 2015 that God has still put a burden and a passion in my heart to have an appreciation for apostolic distinctives. Amen. Well, the amens weren't quite there. Amen. So I'm going to say that again. I'm thankful in 2015 Amen, that we don't just have an apostolic church on the sign, but I'm thankful for apostolic distinctives. I'm thankful for hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that there is not just a baptistry in this church where people can get wet, but I'm thankful there is a place where men and women can go down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ for the for the remission of their sins. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I, I am so thankful today. I'm thankful today that God branded the church and said, I'm gonna take of my people. I'm gonna take a people out of the Gentiles for my name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remove them out. I'm gonna set them out. Amen, as far back as you can trace your finger to the scripture, God has always said of his church, his children, his family, you will be different. You will be different. I, I posted this this week on uh, something. And uh, I, I was thankful. I'm thankful, for, I'm thankful for the scripture. I know the scripture says that God looks on the heart. Amen, I know that. And many times people take that passage to just co totally abolish any holiness or separation issues. Amen, yes, God does look on the heart. But I'm gonna tell you, man is looking for somebody 
to serve as a symbol, not holier than thou, not higher than thou, but if we don't have more to offer than what they're, than the cup they're already drinking out of, they've got no reason to change cups. Amen, I'm thankful for apostolic distinctives. Amen, I'm thankful for their church that can pray a prayer of faith and not just hold hands and sing kumbaya and hope for the best. Amen, I'm thankful that God has anointed a church. Not a preacher, not just a couple of people. Amen, not, not, just, a, not just a few gunslingers, but I'm thankful that God has anointed the church with apostolic power. That means on your job that you can lay hands on people and pray a prayer of faith and God can and will move. That means that you can walk into a hospital room. Woo, hallelujah. You can walk into a hospital room and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Why? Because these signs are gonna follow them. These signs are gonna follow the church. The church of the living God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I'm not trying to just run around the country and borrow from everybody and every resource, but I'm gonna tell you, amen, I, I'm, I don't intend to be mean or mean-spirited this morning by any stretch of the imagination, but I also am not gonna apologize if our young people see a red-faced preacher this morning stand behind this pulpit and declare, amen, they need to hear it. Amen, they need to hear it from this pulpit. They need to hear it from their Sunday school teachers. They need to hear it from their youth pastors. They need to hear it when they go to youth camp. They need to hear it when they go to this event and when they go to that event. Why? Because we are an apostolic church. Amen, blood bought. Woo, hallelujah. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Amen. I am thankful that we are not gathered into a somber atmosphere this morning. I'm thankful that we're not attempting to just warm our hands and our heart over a fire that has long since gone out. We have not gathered into a place where religious relics are just simply here on display and we have come to go through the motions. But I feel a challenge in my heart like never before to tell us that if we don't wake up in this day, if we do not come to our senses, amen, David said, enlighten mine eyes, Lord, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Amen, don't let me go to sleep this morning. Amen, I, I don't normally like to call names. I do that out of respect because I, I would not want to be brutish behind the pulpit. But I'm gonna tell you this morning that there are many, many denominations that have gone by way of sleep. Amen, they've just gone to sleep. I, I remember years ago listening to a very prominent pastor, a denominal pastor that was uh, being interviewed and he talked about in his young pastoral years how that on Monday morning, on Monday morning, he said, I, one of my favorite things to do was go across the front of the church and pick up all the bobby pins that had been shouted out of their hair on Sunday night. Anybody in the house hearing me today? But somehow that lost its place and somehow that lost its importance and, and now the shout has been replaced with just something somber and something formal. I'm gonna tell you today, if we don't celebrate who we are, if we stop celebrating who we are, if we stop celebrating what we have, amen, we can go to sleep at the wheel 
We can go to sleep at the wheel today. And so I say, David, help. I say with David, Lord, enlighten these eyes. Enlighten the eyes of my spirit, lest I sleep the sleep of death. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen, I'm losing my voice a little bit here today, but I want the Lord to help me. I, I feel God has given me something to say. Amen, I'm thankful that we're not gathered here just to warm our hands over, a, over yesterday's ashes and hopes. Amen, I'm thankful for a church where we can come in contact with the living God, a place where his power is real and his anointing is fresh. I, I did make reference to Wednesday night. I did want to connect our thoughts to Wednesday night, but it's only because of what my topic is. I'm not trying to say, hey, we got to go try to hook on to what happened Wednesday. The sad truth is that what happened Wednesday is already in the record book. It's already in history, and we couldn't crawl back there with all of our might today to get back there. I'm so thankful for what happened in this church. He been down through the years in the 40s, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and even into the 2000s thousands but no matter how powerful the word and the will and the spirit of God has ever been we cannot get back there no matter how hard we try and so I say Lord I want a fresh anointing today your word teaches me that your mercy is new every morning your word teaches me oh God that I can be kissed amen with a fresh touch from you today and so that's my prayer touch us today we have never been at this juncture in life. We have never stood at this moment in time. Amen, and he is here present right now to meet our every need. I'm thankful to be a part of the church that has been commissioned with a purpose. As I often say, we are here today on purpose and with a purpose. I do believe that we have a role to play in the will of God for this hour. The apostolic church has been sent to declare into this dark, dark world the bright and the brilliant light of his truth. Amen, amen. If we're going to have any measure of success in doing that, then we are going to have to pursue God's plan and not our plan. If we don't have the mind of Christ, then we are foolish to think we will ever fulfill the purpose of Christ. Let this mind be in you. It was also in Christ Jesus I gotta get the mind of God, the mind of God, the mind of God. The hour is late, but the mission is clear. So we got, we must get this right. And so in order to get it right, there are a few things that we've got to come to terms with. Amen, that is that this is not our church, but it is his. This is not our battle, but it is his. This is not my victory, but it will be his. This is not about my agenda, is it? it is about his. And so we're not trying to structure a church around a man or a personality. We're not trying to structure the church around a group of men or personalities or a group of people and personalities. But I say, Lord, help us to just rid and cleanse our mind from this Burger King state of mind that says, I want it my way. I want it when I want it and I want it how I want it. Amen, you may come You may have come here today to shout and God wants you to weep. Amen, you better not fold your arms and say, that ain't what I wanna do. I need to raise my arms and say, God, if that's what you want, then wash my soul and cleanse it with salty tears. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, because it is not my agenda, but it is God's agenda. It is not my will, but it must be his will. Amen, we are called to be selfless. Amen, we're not called to be selfish. 
We're called to be selfless. And if we're losing the battle that we're supposed to be winning, it might be that we're trying to fulfill our purpose instead of God's purpose. I'm convinced that God will defend and protect those that are called to his purpose. I'm convinced of that. Scripture Amen. just reminds us over and over and over again those that were sent with his purpose. Gideon is a, a prime example of that. He's, Gideon was fearful. Gideon wasn't really a man of war. He wasn't really a man of battle. Gideon was a man that had been called out of his comfort zone. But the Lord said, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna help you. Amen, right now you got too many men with you. What do you? Too many men, there's no such thing as having too many men in the army. I want you to get rid and get rid and get rid. And, 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 and now there's just down to just, what is it, 300. Amen, but he said, you know what? I'm gonna protect you. Why? Because you are one walking in my agenda and not your agenda. I think Gideon would have been a fool to go with 300 men on his own agenda. Furthermore, I think he would have been a fool to go with 10,000 men on his own agenda. But he said, if I'll go with God's agenda, 300 will be more than enough. As a matter of fact, with God's agenda, one, one would have been sufficient. One would have been sufficient. Amen. We are called to be an active part of the body of Christ not just sitting somewhere telling others how to do it. Amen, I was, several years ago, I was at a place of business, a semi uh, had drove up there to make a delivery and there were several people that apparently had been hired, maybe a, a day labor situation is sort of what it looked like to me and uh, they had been hired to offload this truck and I was, as I was sitting there kind of off to the side, I, I just got to picking up on one individual. He was doing a lot of talking and he was doing a lot of moving. He was doing a lot of walking around. He looked like the busiest person on the job and he never done a thing. He never touched anything. He was the PR man. He was, a, he was this, he was that. He looked busy, but when I really got to observing him, everybody else was doing all the work. He was doing all the chatter. Him and I, I want you to know that God has called us to be an active party of the body of Christ. Amen, but not just spinning our wheels, not just doing something for the sake of doing something, not just doing something to exhaust ourselves at the end of the day to appease our conscience, but God wants us to connect to his purpose. And when we connect to his purpose, then we, amen, with one hand in his purpose, we'll end our day having been productive for his purpose. Amen, I know many days, I am not alone in this, that I end my day exhausted. I have been busy, but I don't know that I have been productive. Amen, I've been real busy doing things and I am not suggesting that none of those things needed to be done, but I wasn't all that productive for the kingdom and so I wanna back up and step outside of my agenda and say, Lord, help me today. I'm a part of this apostolic church. I'm a part of this movement today and I want you to know that I need you in this hour to anoint me with apostolic authority and then we're gonna have to exercise that apostolic authority. Now, I want to be real clear here for just a moment. I don't want to throw any images your way that perhaps would not be fair. But I'm not just talking about a church kind of flexing their spiritual muscles. I hope you don't think this is a distasteful illustration, but I just, I just couldn't kind of get away from this as I 
begin to think about this morning. I, I, I wrote that last night, but I began to think about it last night and, and again this morning. I don't want us to be a church that's up here just trying to flex some spiritual muscles. And, and you know, some of these people, men and women, get into uh, all that muscle building, you know, and, and things of that nature. And some of it just frankly looks hideous. It's not even normal, not even, it doesn't, doesn't even look human. But the truth of the matter is this, that in most cases, or in many cases, I don't want to try to speak as an authority, but in many cases, they just, they look a lot stronger than they really are. Because it's sort of a falsified deal. Am I right? <laughs> You're kind of backing away from me because you don't know where I'm going with this. I remember several years ago, I had a, what you call it, a thing at the gym in town and uh, went, uh, you know, a, a subscription or whatever you, membership, thank you, membership at the gym. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame you for being, I'm as mystified by that as you, yeah. <laughs> but I had a membership at the gym and uh, and so Justin was going to the gym, and, and that kind of talked me and his mom into going. And I was a little bit ashamed. Let me just let me just put a little little something on you right here. I was a little bit ashamed to go in there because you know I'm not. A, you can't tell it from this angle, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not all that in a bag of chips. And so you know, I mean, they, you got guys over in the corner. They're just. Aah! They're doing all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I, you know, I was, I was a little bit ashamed of those little two plates that were going up on my, my machine. <laughs> and then my son said something that really helped me. He said, Dad, all of these people that are in here are not in here for that. He said, look around these other people. That's a little church, little church message right there. Amen. You just push those two plates if that's all you can push. Amen. You're helping yourself. I, 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 I meandered there. And, uh, but while we, were, while we were going there at this particular time, I don't know this man's name. Uh, I'm sure some of you probably would know him if I could describe him well enough. But uh, this, this, this man would come in. He had several friends. And uh, they, they would all come in together. And I don't mean this in a bad way at all. But uh, don't wrong. And, but... Uh, this was this man was brute, brutally strong, brutal, brutally strong, but he didn't look all that strong. Now he was a notch or two above where I was. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that he, you know he didn't look like that. He didn't look like that. And when he came into the gym, there were times that 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 my son and I both. We'd just find ourselves not even working out. We would just watch him work out, especially at some points, because he would bench press. And when he would bench press, I believe if I remember right, just the bar on those free weights weighs like 45 pounds. And it's real steel. This is, I mean, and this man would bench press enough that that bar would flex, kind of like you see in the cartoons. It was for real. I don't know if I'll ever get this message back. Oh, heavenly God, I need you today. My point is this, is that he always just came in kind of like just casually dressed in a t-shirt and just kind of some loose-fitting pants. He, just, he was just like another guy. 
But he could just bench press all that weight and that bar with flex. And I was often thinking, I've said this to my son many times, I said, Justin, just think about somebody who unwittingly picked a fight with this guy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm being very serious. I know my mind really wanders in strange places sometimes, but I mean, you know, if somebody comes walking in like this, they can't even put their arms together. You got enough sense to leave those guys alone. But here's a guy that looks very much normal, but friend of mine. It was anything but normal, anything but normal. I mean, this guy, enough about that. Here's what I'm trying to say. Is that we don't wanna be a church that just does this on Sunday. But we really don't have the strength to live it on Monday. I would much rather come in here casually. <laughs> I would much rather come in here and, and appear very unassuming. Hallelujah, but know that underneath that t-shirt, underneath that little, underneath that little t-shirt that there was some authority. Amen, I would much rather walk into a hospital room with a spirit of, of unassumption, amen, than to walk in there with a spirit of presumption. I would rather walk in there knowing, amen, when you all get through, amen, that's what Elijah did, when you all get through tearing down this altar, when you all get through screaming and hollering, when you get done, get out of the way, and I'm gonna call on the name of the Lord my God because he had been blessed with that apostolic authority. He wasn't there of his own volition. He wasn't there of his own will. He wasn't there to promote his own ministry. He wasn't there to sell his own CDs and tapes. He was there to prove who God was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. To be clear, I'm not just talking about some show of authority, some just acting like it, amen, but we gotta come to the realization that we have been given spiritual authority. Now, I've got, I've got to hurry. I took way too much time meandering here. Amen, apostolic authority does not just come to us because we have talent or abilities or any other human giftings. The authority that I speak of today comes to us only by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen, I'm thankful to have taken on his name in baptism. Amen, I am married to him. I have his name. Amen, I have the privilege and the right to do business in his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. On June the 11th of 1980, on a Wednesday evening in a church, just a small church outside of Eagle Lake, my wife and I stood before our pastor and he said several words over us by way of a marriage vow and commitment. But you know what happened when we walked out of that building? Amen, what happened when we walked away from that when that very moment in time was that that young lady right there now had all authority to do business in my name. Amen, now that may not appeal to you a whole lot. Amen, and I get it, but you know what happened when you went down in a watery grave of baptism and he baptized you with his spirit and washed you from your sins? When you come up out of that water, hallelujah, you didn't just come up out of that water, Tim Trail. You didn't just come out of that water, Brian Boyette. You didn't just come out of that water, Alan Pope. But we come out of that water with apostolic authority upon our lives and we can pray and we can seek God and we can get direction. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, 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 my. Some, some, some say why? 
why do you place so much emphasis on the name? I'm gonna tell you, I've, I've said this through the years before, but I remember one time when my wife and I were dating and we were engaged and, and I, don't, I can't remember exactly where we were uh, that I saw all this written, but I never will forget this. I, I was maybe at her job or somewhere, but I saw a little scratch piece of paper where she had been doodling through the day and she had been trying to figure out how to write her name. She had been spelling it Jacqueline Ziegler. She had, that had been her name from birth. Amen. She had been trying now to get adjusted to how she was going to spell and write, rather write out Boyd. And so when I saw that, I'm going to tell you my heart melted because it let me know that she was anticipating a day. Amen. I'm coming from Z. Amen. I'm going to be. Amen. I'm not going to be here, but I'm going to be there. Are you hearing me today? I'm thankful for J-E-S-U-S because it is the power to change. It is the power to heal. It is the power to transform. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Why do you put so much emphasis on the name? Acts 4 and 12. Amen. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I love you for the name. I love you for the name. I love you for the name. I'm glad I'm part of the apostolic church. I'm glad I've been buried in his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm glad my sins were washed away but that was only a part of it. I'm glad that in baptism the blood was applied and now I can operate with the authority and the blood of Jesus on my side. Oh, let's clap our hands to the the Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, God would not ask us to do something that we cannot do. He would not ask us to do something and then not give us the power to do it. What would be the purpose in that? The power and the authority that is in the word and in the name of Jesus has been given to us. And so we must now release that power in our midst to fulfill the plan of God in our lives. I always want the authority of the Lord to be released in our midst when we come to church. And so to do this, we have to look beyond ourselves. The same gospel that has been delivered to us, well, we must deliver to others as well. Amen. We have the authority to go forward. We have the authority to conquer new ground as well. We gotta learn to walk in the authority that God has given us, not with pomp and ignorance and ego, but walk in authority. I'm gonna tell you, to those here this morning, this I think applies largely. There may be an exception or two that I'm not aware of, but I think people that really have authority, real authority, know how to respect that authority. I know there's some people that don't need a gun or a badge or a title. Because I've given people titles around here before and almost, we all almost wound up in jail. (laughs) 
I should have just thought that and not said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. To underline a little of this, let me remind you of a few passages. I'm just going to read these, and they're not on the screen. But Colossians 1 18 said, and he is the head of the body. And Paul goes on to explain that that body is the church, that he is the head of the church. Colossians 2 and 10 says, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Amen. Not just the head of the church. He's not just in charge of the church. And we just kind of sit around and hope that, that nothing comes to attack the church because we got this little fortress and walls built around us and we just hope to the good Lord that nobody catches us here. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Paul goes on to say to the Colossian church that we are complete in him and he says he's not just the head of the church but he's the head of all principality and power. And so when darkness tries to come into the church, I'm gonna tell you as the pastor of this church, I have apostolic authority upon my life to preach against that. Amen, to stand against that. Amen, do you know what? You've got apostolic authority in your life as saints of God and blood bought saints of God to stand with me as a voice and say we will not go there and we will not do that. Amen. We are going to hold on. Why? Because God has anointed the church with power over all power that is in this world. Amen. Jesus had power in heaven and in earth. But here's what we have to understand. He gave it to us, the church. He gave it to us through his name. Amen, that's why David said in, in Psalms 138 and 2, David said, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy love and kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. That doesn't mean that we should ignore the obedience of taking his name upon us at all. It means that we should not merely stop there but take his word and apply that word to our lives, apply his word to our situations, apply his word to our circumstances. Amen, I'm gonna tell you, we've had to walk around our home praying the word. Yes, yes, yes. Amen, not, none of this, oh Lord, I love you and thank you and glory to God and hallelujah and bless thou and King James this and King James that, but it was just walking around saying, God, amen, I'm claiming this word, I'm claiming this book, I'm standing upon the authority of your word, amen, you said it, you said it, you said it. I, I've shared with you and my wife has shared with you that for many years she has prayed a prayer over me and over our family, amen, prayers that avail much, prayers with meaning, prayers with purpose, amen, to pray the word of God because we need the word. Amen. God has given us authority in three worlds. In heaven, authority in heaven, authority in earth, and we have authority in the underworld. Amen. If it's not working, then we need to stop and make sure that we are walking in obedience to his word. Amen. If something stops working, we need to make sure we need to stop and take an assessment and figure out where the wire come loose. Figure out what came disconnected if it's not working. Amen. Then and only then can we move forward in the power of his might. And, and we cannot ignore what we know is in scripture. Please hear me now. Let everybody get in and settle down. But we, 
We cannot ignore what we know is in his scripture and then think that somehow we're going to walk in the power of his might. Never doubt this. Satan knows right from wrong. And so we cannot walk outside of the realm of what we know is right and then walk with apostolic authority in our lives. Amen. Amen. We need to walk in the favor of God. But not only do we need to walk in the favor of God, I have got to live my life in such a way that I can walk outside of the realm of my accuser. I've, I've got to daily make sure that I can walk outside of the realm. I can't stop him from accusing me. But I need to make sure that I walk outside of the realm of my accuser. Amen. If you're not living right, then we're going to live under the influence of his constant accusations because they're going to have merit. Now, just because I'm not hollering don't mean I'm not saying something. If we're not living right, then we're going to live under the influence of his accusations because there at least is going to be some credibility to his accusations. In other words, Satan knows where you were last night. He knows what you did last night. He knows who you were with last night. He knows what you were thinking about doing last night. He knows what you maybe were doing last night. He knows what we have been entertaining ourselves with. He knows the fire that we've been warming our heart and our hands over. And so then when we come into the house of God today, just a few hours away from that, and we come into the house of God and we go to raise our hands, what comes is the accusations. And if you haven't been living outside of the realm of his accusations, it hinders your praise and it hinders your worship because you know he has you. You know he knows something. You know he knows. Am I making any sense today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I gotta live my life above the accusations. You know what? You can leave this building today and you can accuse me of robbing Lafette County State Bank. Amen, last night. You can just accuse me all you want to. But you know, I got enough stuff on my side to disprove that. Amen, I didn't do much more than even drive past the place yesterday. Amen, so I'm living on this side of those accusations. I'm living on this side of the accusations. And so when they come in like a prevailing flood, the spirit of the Lord is there to lift me up and to hold me up. Amen. So we need to live above the power of his accusations. Let me just say this very specifically. Men, we cannot ignore 1 Peter 3 and 7. The Bible talks about that we need to honor our wives and that we need to love them. We need to cherish them as the weaker vessel. Ladies, don't ever be offended by that. Don't ever be offended by that because if you ever understand what Paul is getting at there, amen, he's not discrediting you, but he said if you don't honor them as the weaker vessel, he says your prayers are gonna be hindered. Now I'm gonna tell you men, 
men looking you dead in the eye because I'm one of you. Amen, you go walking around the house flexing your muscles and, and brandishing your authority and throwing pots and pans and potatoes and, and, and accusations and even if it's not physical abuse, if it's, if it's mental abuse or verbal abuse, you go do all of that, amen, and you wonder why there is no authority in your life, I'm telling you why. Amen, you wanna know why there is no authority in your home, I'm telling you why. Amen, we gotta honor them, that's what God said. We've got to do that. Amen. Amen. That's the truth anyway. That's the truth. If you want authority, it don't start out by doing this. If you want authority, amen, we got to honor those that God has put under our care and our charge. He said, provoke men, fathers. Don't provoke your children to evil. Amen, don't provoke them. Don't poke and prod. Don't do that. Amen, you're gonna mess up the spirit realm when you do that. Amen, ladies, I'm not here to pick on you, but I'm gonna tell you that we can kick against 1 Corinthians chapter 11 when Paul talked about a woman's hair being her glory. We can argue that and we can kick against that all you want to, but I'm gonna tell you that when it comes time to pray a prayer of faith, amen, you're gonna wish at that moment that I had protected my glory. Amen, you're gonna wish at that moment that I had taken the apostle Paul serious. Amen, I'm gonna, hallelujah, I'm here today to tell you that it's our covering, it's our glory. Amen, it is what God has given me to have authority with him. And so I tell you in Jesus' name, you ought to protect that. Amen, you ought to protect that. Amen, why? Because I need authority. Hallelujah. When your children are wayward. Amen, when your body is sick in health. When you need to intercede on behalf of somebody. I want a covenant with God Almighty. I want a covenant with God. Some people are so worried about fighting and debating. Well, I'm not sure that's what that said. That don't make any sense to me. Well, circumcision didn't make any sense either, but that's what God said. I'm gonna do that, and if you will, I'll accept you, and if you don't, I won't. And so I say, oh, Lord, I'm gonna let that be a covenant between you and I because I need apostolic authority in my life. It's been a long time since I shared this, but just bear with me for a moment. I don't know if I'm gonna get through all this today or not, but amen. I remember many years ago, there was a minister in our section who had gotten under his car to change his oil. He had driven up on some sand, on, on some ramps and some sand, and while he was beneath that vehicle, those, those ramps gave away, and he, he saw it coming apparently soon enough that he turned over face down trying to scoot out from under the car, but the car fell on him before he could get out, and he laid under that car and smothered to death with his face in the sand. When they got him out of that car, when they got him out from under that car, Brother James Wolfe was a presbyter of the section, and uh, Brother Wolf actually somehow or another got the word and even got to the hospital before they even got to the hospital with this man. And, and he, just, he was just laying there. Had been, he had been so long without oxygen. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go. They didn't know how to, where to turn or what to do. And Brother, and Brother Wolf said he stood in that emergency room. 
He's sitting in that emergency room and this wife who was looking at what was potentially the corpse of her husband who didn't know whether to go this way or that way. Brother, Brother Wolf said he looked up in a minute. She started pulling those bobby pins and, and things out of her hair and she laid her hair across the body, the chest of her husband and said, God, this has been my covenant with you from the day I started serving you. Now, God, I need your will here. God, I need your will to be accomplished here. I need your will. I need your authority in my life. Amen. She didn't say, God, I need you to raise him up. I need you to heal him. She said, God, we need your will. He's been so long without oxygen. Amen. If it's not going to be right, then God, we need your will. And he slipped out into eternity. I know you think that would be a better story if he had raised up off of that bed. But I'm going to tell you, God's will had to be called upon. And she stretched her glory. She stretched her covenant over his body and prayed a prayer of faith. I'm talking about apostolic authority. I'm swimming upstream here. I know that. I got enough sense to know when I'm swimming upstream, but I'm gonna keep swimming. I'm gonna keep preaching. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. I've been the pastor here for 26 years and I'm hoping for 26 more. Amen. But if the day comes, you don't ever want this priest. I would rather be in a tent somewhere. I'd rather be in a, oh, I'd rather be in a storefront somewhere preaching truth than to be in a brand new building with shackles around my feet. Oh, hallelujah. If you think I'm mad and fighting you this morning, you're wrong. I'm mad in the Holy Ghost because I'm fighting the spirit that's trying to marginalize our message today. I'm fighting the spirit of hell that's trying to marginalize where we are today in this hour. I feel Holy Ghost boldness in this house. I'm gonna tell you what we need to do. We need to go home and get the beer out of our refrigerator. You need to go home and get the wine out of your refrigerator. You need to go home and break off all this fornication. Amen, we need to get home and we need to turn off that idiot box. Amen, we need to say, God, let me get reintroduced to the word. Let me get introduced to a prayer room. I'm talking about I'm glad to be a part of the apostolic church. Hallelujah. We ought to dress this way on Monday. You know how you're dressed right now? That's how you ought to dress on Monday. That's how you ought to dress on Tuesday. That's how we ought to wake up on Friday. That's how we ought to go to bed on Saturday. Hallelujah. Get off the fence, get off the fence, get off the fence, get off the fence. Get in the church, get in the church. I know I'm making some bold statements here today. I'm not, I'm not preaching out of ignorance. I'm not preaching out of anger. Amen, we need apostolic authority to operate in our lives. Hallelujah. 
Listen, I'm humbled. You may be seated. I'm humbled when I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost when we come. When we come into this house, I'm humbled by that. It's a, it's a great feeling. I, I'm, I, I'm humbled by the anointing I feel on my heart right now. I'm, I tell you, I'm fearful of what I feel in my heart right now. But God wants the church. Amen. Please stay with me. I know right now we could just kind of let this thing blow loose. And that would be all right. But you know what? The devil would love this thing to blow loose right here. And shut me up. Amen. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's appropriate. But if I thought it was appropriate, I'd climb on this pulpit right now. Amen, I jump up and down on this desk right now and say, I will not shut up. 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 God desires the church to both understand. I'm talking about two things now, so stay with me. God wants the church to both understand and embrace the concept of abiding authority. We say it again, we need to understand and embrace. A lot of things we understand, we don't embrace. We need to understand and embrace abiding authority. God has never had an anemic church, not from the beginning of time. The church from the day of Pentecost has weathered some pretty severe storms right out of the gate, as a matter of fact. You don't have to read very far past the day of Pentecost. And man, man, oh man. You're talking about problems. I'm not talking about that, you know, that I'm not talking about problems that, that, you know, Adrian and Jerry, they had a little disagreement over lunch about what they ought to eat and where they ought to eat. I'm talking about problems. I'm talking about people losing their life. So the church has faced some pretty severe mountains from the very onset. She's weathered some severe storms, faced some tall mountains. But hear me, the church has never staggered alone. Just pray for me that I'll endure to the end. No. no. I want to endure to the end, but I'm determined to enjoy this to the end. I'm determined to walk with my head up and my shoulders square to the end. I'm thankful for these silver hair people that come in here on Wednesday night. Amen. Amen. I'm glad when they come walking in here on Sunday morning. You know why? Amen. They determined their heart a whole long time ago. I'm in this thing to win it. I am in this thing to win. I'm in this thing to win. Amen. There is an anointing for this hour. I know that we're living in a unique time, but I've got some good news for you that there is an apostolic anointing for this unique time. I can say with calm assurance that God has the trajectory of this church set for quite some time. I feel like saying this in the Holy Ghost. Don't get discouraged just because we hear someone else come by and affirm what God is doing here. If we're not careful, that can get, well, don't get discouraged in hearing that when what you see does not match your expectations of what you. I'm not blind. I'm not deaf. I see what you see. Amen. 
But I can't gauge our tomorrows solely on what our today's temperature is. What God is preparing for us cannot happen overnight and it cannot happen in just a few weeks revival. We've got to understand that the anointing that I'm preaching about today does not just show up. It must be sought out. If I didn't think I would completely lose this service, I would ask for a 20-minute interval right here. Intermission, I mean. What we're searching for, you can stop looking up to see what day it's going to land. It's not going to land. What we're looking for must be sought out. Sought after. <laughs> they that do hunger and thirst after they, they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, there's your crowd that's getting fed and satisfied. Psalms 91 and 1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall, here it is, abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we got to understand and embrace the power of abiding anointing. Not just anointing Sunday morning, woo! Not just anointing Sunday night, woo! But walking out of here with an abiding anointing. You know what, that man I was talking about lifting all those weights while ago, he didn't just do that on gym day. I'm convinced you could have woke him up at two o'clock in the morning and said, come with me. Pick that up. It was there. He didn't hang that on a nail somewhere in a locker room in a gym. It was an abiding anointing. I want to pause and make something clear. Some people equate anointing with some emotional reaction or noise or movement or physical activity. But true anointing is the power and the influence of God saturating a person. Somebody can be anointed and never even open their mouth. I remember several years ago, and pardon me for just talking about me, because I'm just testifying, and, and others here could fall into this category, but I remember several years ago being asked by a family of this church to go visit uh, 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 one of their children who had been involved in an automobile accident, and that they didn't, weren't living for God, and to my knowledge, I suppose ever lived for God. But when we got in there, all their friends were there, and, and, uh, and you know, it was, it was kind of a... Uh, a seedy crowd. I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. We, we walked in. It was pretty obvious that there was oil and water in the room. Now, I didn't really know what to do. I, I, had been, I had been commissioned there by a well-meaning person. And so we walked in there and visited for just a few moments. And I said, I, I, I've come to pray for you. And when I'm telling you, when I stretched out my hand to pray, I felt God's anointing on me. And I just prayed a simple prayer. I didn't want to shake anybody up that was there, but I just prayed a prayer. And when I got through praying and, and, and when I backed up, all of those, that rough crowd, I'm talking about men and women alike, were wiping tears out of their You know why? Because there has got to be an abiding anointing. So you have to walk in and scream to get it done. Amen. 
And so I don't think that God just wants to anoint leaders, but I think God wants to anoint entire congregations. And God has given us an abiding anointing. That is, since the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, God lives with us all the time. Unlike the days of Samson, when the Spirit of God would just kind of come on him, he'd do great things, and then the Spirit of God apparently lifted. When we, talk, when we, when we're, when we are referring to the church, the apostolic church today, we're talking about taking this anointing home with us. Taking this anointing on the job with us. Amen. That's why you, you can't live any way you want to live and have God actively moving in your life. I cannot treat that woman any way that I want to treat her. And then get here to church and try to reach out and hold her hand and You know, I, I'm not saying she wouldn't reach out and hold my hand, but I'm going to tell you there would be something about the body language that would seem awkward as all outdoors. Amen. If I just got through cursing her and her family and yada yada this and yada yada that, and it's good. come on now, darling, let's go put on our happy face in front of all these folks. For one thing, she wouldn't tolerate that. And when I, got, when, I, when I limped in here Wednesday, you'd figure that out. <laughs> Come in here in a wheelchair. <laughs> I didn't mean to make it sound that mean. But she can get pretty mean. <laughs> there are signs of specific fruit that is reflective in the lives of people that have an abiding anointing on them. They love God more than they love the world. Amen. And the things of this world. They just love God. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because that's what the preacher said. I want to do that. I don't want to do that because I just, I don't want to go there. They're able to discern between truth and error. They're not just going to get caught up in every little thing that comes along. Know them that labor among you. Amen. The Bible talks about not laying hands on people suddenly. That's not talking about slapping people. That's not don't affirm things overnight you don't know about. Amen. People that, that have an abiding anointing on them grow in the truth and they maintain a, a teachable spirit no matter how long they've been in this thing. They have a love for the house of God. They maintain a lifestyle of sacrificial serving. And can I say this? People that really have an abiding anointing in their lives are you ready? Buckle in. Hold on to your neighbor. These are people that are always available. I'm here. Here am I, Lord. Send me. If you're going to, to be a change maker, then you're going to have to be available for God to use you. The night that we accepted our call to evangelize full time, and, and, and I won't belabor a long story here, but we had been feeling this, we had been feeling this new, knowing that we were going to eventually do this in time and had been preparing as best we could for this. But we were in a church in Brandon, Florida, and Brother John Willis stepped to the pulpit that night and he preached a message entitled Usable Hands. And in that message, he made this statement God is not looking for ability, He's looking for availability. We stood back in that crowd, that church was so packed you could barely move that night. I stood under the weight and the responsibility of what I knew God was calling us to do and yet 
I was standing there with far more questions than answers. And I was gripping the seat in front of us. Not in resistance to the power of God or not in resistance to the call of God. But just the fear and the uncertainty of what God was calling us to do. To walk away from our jobs and our home and, and our family. And, and to disconnect from all of that. And just to go to never and ever land of such uncertainty. And I was standing there. I was standing there. My wife was standing beside me. And I, I'm not sure what was going through her mind. I think we've talked about it several times. I think we were both had similar thoughts. And many of you remember an evangelist by the name of Earl Lee. And Brother Lee, he was just kind of off the chain just a tad. And Brother Lee saw us, and he could not get to us because of the people. So he just started walking on the pews. And he got back to us, and he leaned down in my ear, and he said, You had better do what God is telling you to do. <sighs> my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost settling in on this now. We, I've, I've preached up to now for such a time as this right now. So don't daydream. Don't pre-dismiss. God's going to do something in here right now. Amen. God is looking for people that will be available to him. So we need to pray for an abiding anointing that will not just last throughout our lifetime, but I'm praying for an anointing that will be shared to this generation. And to a generation that's still got pacifiers in their mouth sitting back there. And to a generation that's yet to be born. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, Brittany, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I, wanna, I want there to be an abiding anointing for that baby that's in her womb. Yes. Yes. Amen. You hear me today? Yes. It's a, a girl, right? Yeah. I'm glad she's hearing her pastor preach today. And when she gets here, I hope she still hears me preaching messages just like this. And when she's sweet 16, if I'm still privileged to be behind this desk, I hope I'm still jumping up and down. I hope I'm still saying, I will not shut up. I will not shut up. I will not shut up. I want there to be an abiding anointing for generations to come. For generations to come. Praise God. Praise God. Musicians, please come and Amen. Let's, let's, let's be sensitive to the Spirit of God now. Amen. Let's be sensitive to the Spirit of God now. I realize, I realize that we cannot pass along spirituality like we do DNA. Just because you have a praying grandmother is no insurance policy that you're going to be a praying person. No doubt her prayers are going to pave a broad path. But what I'm saying, just but, but you may have blue eyes just because she had blue eyes. But you're not all of a sudden just going to be spiritual because they were spiritual. But I do believe that we can pass along how church is done. I want what we're doing right here at 503 Southeast Cephas Liston Road to match Acts 2.30. I want it to match Acts chapter 2, period. And when, when weeks turn to months and months to years and years to decades, I hope it still sounds like this around here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, 
let, 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 stand with me if you will. I, I'm, I'm coming in for a landing here, but I just need to make a few comments because um, it means that if we're going to live under this abiding anointing, everybody say abiding anointing. Abiding anointing. If we're going to live under this abiding anointing, that means that we must be broken. We're not real crazy about terminology like this. But you know, uh, much like somebody has to break a horse in order to ride them. Someone recently told me, I'm, I, my mind, it's you, but I might have dreamed this. I don't know. <laughs> so just say no. Say no if you didn't tell me. But um, weren't you the one telling me about a horse that could be, that, that y'all have or something that, that can be guided by just the foot movement or leg movements? Yeah. So you don't even really need a bridle, per se. But the horse has been trained in such a way that if you, tell me just a few things. Well, I'm, I'm butchering this up. If you need them, go left. Squeeze with your right leg. Go, go right, squeeze with your left leg. Isn't that pretty cool? I didn't. Know, I never even knew this was possible. And, and other things, a couple of more things. It's interesting. Let's talk about it some. <laughs> you squeeze, you go faster or something. You apply pressure and go faster. That's how we even got started talking about it. Okay. And you can apply pressure and go faster. Now that's a broken animal. So I need you to go here. Someone do this. I need you to go there. Someone do this. I need you to hurry up. Someone do this. Now I have seen, I'm not a cowboy. Don't, don't try to pretend to be one, but I have I have seen horses that were broken, but they had to be reminded the whole trip who was the boss. So it wasn't quite a pleasure ride when you got to keep reminding somebody. And, you know, the owner says, in truth, that horse, is it broken? Oh, yeah, it's broken. But boy, if you want to stop, you better have some stopping power. If you want to go, you better have to go. They're broken, but they always got to be managed this way. Manage, manage. You know where I'm going, right? I don't want that kind of life. I don't want God to have to, I don't want God to have to remind me every day, I'm in charge, I'm in charge. I want God to be able to nudge me and say, yes, 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 yes. God nudge me, yes, yes, yes. I know I have preached to the end of time, but I'm telling you, that we've got to be sensitive to the power and the spirit of God. If I have shared this recently, I beg your forgiveness. But I was listening to Brother Mooney preaching the other day and he was talking about that, that morning he woke up and the Lord laid on his heart to go to a certain restaurant. And he said to his wife, he said, let's go here for lunch. She said, I don't even like to go to that restaurant. He said, I don't like to go there either, but I just feel like we need to go there. And when they got there to the restaurant and they walked in, there was a lady there that God was trying to intersect their lives with hers. That's what I'm talking about. The story's a lot longer than that and it's a beautiful story, but I'm just saying this, that what we need to do is wake up and say, nudge me, Lord. 
Nudge me, Lord. Let me walk with that anointing. Let me walk with that anointing. But you know what? That anointing, that kind of anointing doesn't show up. It has to be sought out. Amen. I have to live right every day. I got to live outside of the realm of the enemy's accusations. Hallelujah. Hear me today. I, I, I got to live outside of the enemy's accusations. He knows where we were yesterday. He knows where we are today. He knows what our plans are later on. I don't want to live in the realm of his accusations. I don't want them to be true. Amen. I got to come to terms with that. And here it is. Psalms 127.1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Every head bow, please. In Jesus' name. I'm telling you, if I know anything, I know God has talked to the hearts of people today. If I know anything about this thing called church and ministry, I know that God has dealt with the hearts of people today. And now the question that begs an answer is what are we going to do? And how are we going to respond? I'm asking you today, how are you going to respond to the message that your pastor just got through preaching? How are you going to respond to the message that God just anointed and sent our way? Are we just going to kind of tuck this away as another Sunday? We're going to try to hurry through just a few little songs here and maybe this won't last long and maybe the line at the restaurant won't get too out of hand. Or are we going to slip out of our seat and slip out of our rut and slip out of our norm and slip out of our carnality and say, God, I've got to have an abiding anointing in my life in Jesus name 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 there's there's I'm telling you there's a call there's a call there's a call to move there's a call to action there's a call to respond I'm asking you some way shape form or fashion I realize we can't all get down to the front I realize that we could not all get down to the front, but I'm begging you today, please don't just stand there unmoved. I'm not asking you to respond to Steve Boyd's preaching. I'm asking you to respond to the voice of God today in this house. I'm asking you today to somehow acquiesce your will. Say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus, let your power, let your presence so overwhelm us. Let your spirit, God, be imparted and infused. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I would be afraid. I'm telling you in all sincerity today, I would be afraid not to respond. I would be afraid to not pray. I would be afraid to not ask God to help me step up just a little bit closer. I'm thankful for the apostolic church. I'm thankful for apostolic distinctives. I'm thankful for apostolic power, for apostolic anointing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 
935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.